Tradcast Express. Tradcast Express, it's Thursday, February 15th, 2018. Consult your conscience and see if adultery is right for you. That is the basic message given by the Archlayman of Chicago, Mr. Blaise Supich, at this year's Von Hugel Lecture at the University of Cambridge in the United Kingdom. Speaking on February 9th, Supich argued that France's so-called apostolic exhortation Amoris Laetitia forces a paradigm shift in Catholic practice and is therefore revolutionary. Well, that's actually quite true, but of course Supich is not condemning that, he is gung-ho about it. The full transcript of the pretend cardinal's speech was published on February 9th at La Stampa's Vatican Insider under the title Pope Francis' Revolution of Mercy, Amoris Laetitia as a New Paradigm of Catholicity. The whole thing is riddled with so many errors, heresies, and even blasphemy that we can't cover all of it in this little podcast here, but let me at least touch on some of the highlights. Supich says that Amoris Laetitia rejects, quote, an authoritarian or paternalistic way of dealing with people that lays down the law, that pretends to have all the answers or easy answers to complex problems, that suggests that general rules will seamlessly bring immediate clarity or that the teachings of our tradition can preemptively be applied to the particular challenges confronting couples and families, unquote. In other words, human situations are way more complex than God ever envisioned, who obviously didn't have the 21st century in mind when he ignorantly and bigotedly decreed, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, good thing we've got Club Francis to straighten it all out for us. Now, what does Mr. Supich recommend as part of that new paradigm based on Francis' infernal document? You guessed it, accompaniment. But not just any accompaniment. No, it is accompaniment that is, quote, marked by a deep respect for the conscience of the faithful, unquote. And he said that we cannot pretend to have a general rule that's just going to apply to every single case. And so, therefore, you first need to get to know the individuals and walk with them. Yeah, you know, kind of like how St. John the Baptist first sat down with King Herod and with a deep respect for the man's conscience, walked with him, talked with him about his irregular situation, and then invited him to consider a suggestion or two about what would be the even better thing to do in his particular case. Yeah, that's not really how it happened, is it? But then not to worry, because Blaise the Merciful has discovered that God's revelation did not end with the death of the last apostle, as the Catholic Church dogmatically teaches, but is still ongoing and apparently has now found its oracle in adulterous couples. The phony Archbishop of Chicago says, quote, Doctrine can develop as a result of the Church's merciful accompaniment of families, because God has chosen the family as a privileged place to reveal all that the God of mercy is doing in our time, unquote. In other words, the Church owes an apology to the English King Henry VIII and all the Catholic martyrs then, because if the Church had only begun that merciful accompaniment a bit sooner, then we could have avoided the whole Anglican schism and the fierce persecution of the Church in England. But no, a lot of blood was spilled and a lot of people were persecuted, imprisoned, and died because, if we use Novel's order logic, the Church just wasn't merciful enough yet. 
Supic argues that, quote, doctrinal development is about remaining open to the invitation to see our moral teachings on marriage and family life through the lens of God's omnipotent mercy, unquote, implying, of course, that for 2,000 years, the church got it all wrong, teaching that forgiveness can only come with proper contrition, and this contrition implies the sincere desire to amend one's life. Supic, being the little devil that he is, tries to make you think that by adhering to traditional Catholic teaching on this, you're denying God's omnipotence, when what you're really doing is simply adhering faithfully to what God has revealed the conditions for forgiveness are. But let me say some more about this curious claim that God is revealing himself to man through the family. Supic got that straight from Francis, from Amoris Laetitia, and he echoes it in his speech. Supic says, quote, God has chosen the family as a privileged place to reveal how God acts and relates to humanity and the world, unquote. Well, there's just one little problem with that. It's false. And you know what? I don't even have to prove it false because Supic never makes any effort to prove it right to begin with. He just asserts it and refers to Amoris Laetitia, which doesn't prove it either. In any case, I guess what Mr. Supic is saying here is that we can wreck our marriages and fail to raise our children properly and then say, well, hey, that's God revealing himself in families today. Such blasphemous claptrap is unbearable. All of this, by the way, is based on the old modernistic view, which derives ultimately from the German idealist Georg Hegel, that history is the continual self-communication or self-revelation of God. In his 1950 landmark encyclical against resurgent modernism, Humani Generis, Pope Pius XII denounced, quote, a certain historicism, which, attributing value only to the events of man's life, overthrows the foundation of all truth, an absolute law both on the level of philosophical speculations and especially to Christian dogmas, unquote. Now that's a real Pope speaking. Back to Supic. Yes, there's more, lots more. He elaborates on his idea about conscience, a very distorted version of which is the golden calf of our times. Our modernist would-be cardinal says the following about the discernment of married couples and families. Quote, Their decisions of conscience represent God's personal guidance for the particularities of their lives. In other words, the voice of conscience the voice of God could very well affirm the necessity of living at some distance from the church's understanding of the ideal, unquote. Wow, this is blasphemy. First, no, conscience cannot affirm the necessity of sinning. <laughs> Notice how Blaze is euphemistically calling it living at some distance from the church's understanding of the ideal. Really, really cute. It's called sin, and with regard to holy purity, mortal sin. Second, there's a blasphemy here because Supish the seducer is claiming that conscience is the voice of God, and therefore he's saying that God can command you to sin. That's entirely in line with Amoris Laetitia, granted, but it sure isn't in line with the teaching of Jesus Christ or the real Catholic Church, or, I might add, the nature of God. Third, no, the voice of conscience is not the voice of God. If you want to know what the voice of God says about morality, well, turn to Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 1 and ending at verse 20. Something about 
Ten Commandments, Mr. Supich. Not ten suggestions or ten ideal situations, but ten commandments. After giving these commandments, Scripture notes in verse 18, quote, And all the people saw the voices and the flames and the sound of the trumpet and the mount smoking, and being terrified and struck with fear, they stood afar off. Unquote. So if you want to hear the voice of God about what we ought and ought not to do, Mr. Supich, that's where you're going to find it, not in your distorted idea of personal conscience, which is ultimately nothing but do whatever you want, just make sure you have a really good reason for it. Now, Supich bases his false notion of conscience on a text from Vatican II's pastoral constitution, Gaudium et Space, which in turn cites a radio address from Pope Pius XII given on March 23, 1952. Now, needless to say, Pius XII did not say or imply that conscience is the voice of God. He merely said that the voice of God echoes in a true conscience, since conscience is the application of the moral law given by God to a particular human action. The supich version of conscience, on the other hand, is this absurd and destructive idea that God speaks to each individual to tell him what the right thing to do is in his particular case, and that could be totally at odds with those rigid rules promulgated at Mount Sinai. This is blasphemy, and this blasphemy is called situation ethics. Now, interestingly enough, Pius XII, in the very address that is cited in Gaudium et Space, and that Supic uh, basically relies on, condemns the Supic notion of conscience entirely. Speaking of the attack on sound morality that situation ethics poses, Pius XII said, quote, The first blow against the edifice of Christian moral norms would be that of separating them, as is intended, from the constrictive and oppressive vigilance of the authority of the church, so that, freed from the sophistical subtleties of the casuistic method, morality is restored to its original form and returned to simply the intelligence and determination of the individual conscience. Everyone sees what disastrous consequences this would lead to, such a devastation of the very foundations of education. The divine redeemer has entrusted his revelation, of which moral obligations form an essential part, of course, not to individual men, but rather to his church, to which he has given the mission to lead them to embrace that sacred deposit with fidelity." Unquote. Yep, that's bad news for Blaze the Bombastic. The voice of God was not given to each individual in conscience as though every decision we make about morality is God's very speaking through us. No, the voice of God was given to the church in divine revelation, and this church teaches Christ's true moral precepts until the end of time. And one of those precepts is, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Not, it would be better if you didn't commit adultery, or I wish you'd not commit adultery, or adultery is not the ideal of Christian marriage, or adultery is almost a marriage, or most people shouldn't commit adultery, but let's have a look at your circumstances first. No, it's simply, thou shalt not commit adultery. By the way, what's amazing is that these ideas about how we just need to allow people to make their own conscientious decisions, because they're so mature now... Somehow that always only ever applies to sins against the Sixth and Ninth Commandments. But uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you can invoke personal conscience regarding fornication or adultery, 
Why not also for, you know, murder or rape, detraction, calumny, blasphemy, and especially the politically correct Francisons like failure to recycle, or using too much air conditioning, marginalizing the vulnerable, not opening your door to the migrant. Ah, don't you hate logic? All right, folks, enough of this. We need to wrap it up here. You know, Supich spends a lot of time here in the speech talking about how there is so much complexity in family life and there are so many singular circumstances now that weren't there before. Well, you know, that may all be true, but it's ultimately irrelevant because it still cannot justify evil acts. Adultery and fornication and the unnatural kind, are evil in themselves. There is not a single circumstance in the world that could justify them. If you could convert the entire world in an instant and ensure that all people would go to heaven if only you committed a single sin, doesn't even matter which sin, you would not be allowed to do it. All the circumstances in the world cannot make an intrinsically evil act a good act. Let me close with a word of warning to Mr. Supich. You keep preaching this false gospel, sir, and when the Lord calls you to judgment, you will find yourself in very complex, concrete circumstances. Tradcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.